Hassan Abdusabor, founder of the HBCU Scholarship Ride. So what inspired you to create the ride? Um, I think what inspired me to create the ride was uh, a friend of mine called me up one day. Actually, my brother from college called me up one day and said his niece needed money. She was running out of money. Um, and she was at Howard University in Washington. And I remember it happening to me. And that's why I didn't finish running out of money. So I decided to, um, I, I'm, I've always written bikes and road bikes all my life, but never that distance. So I always wanted to ride a bike that distance and wanted to help her. So it kind of came into, why don't we ride a bike down there and see how much we can get people to donate. And it, it, um, it, it, it grew and it just was born into this little bike movement we have going on. So that's kind of how it started in 2020, just saying, hey, we can do a little bit more for this young lady. And we ended up raising like $7,000 for her and she ended up complete at Howard. Well, I was looking at uh, the GoFundMe you created for this year and you got over $100,000. How does it feel that people are looking at your mission and wanting to help? Nah, it feels good. It, it really feels good that it's able to um, connect with so many people, you know, and I, I think it's going to be able to grow and connect with a lot more people. And it just, it just gives you a feeling that there's hope out there in the world that people want to see other people win. You know what I mean? Because we always paint this world as a ugly place and, you know, oh, you know, it's all about me. And, you know, when you see that other people are out here pushing for you and wanting to see you succeed, I, I think it gives us a little bit of hope for the people who do see the ride and contribute. And I think a lot of people love seeing, like after a lot of my friends and family contribute, they watch it and they say, ha, ah, you up to such and such or this just happened or this happened or somebody donated like this year, we got a big donation from, um, you know, the basketball star Kyrie Irving. So that was, you know, I was riding my bike when it happened and a lot of people were like texting me and it, it just showed me that people were watching this thing as much as I watch it because before we get to our goal, I probably look at it every five minutes. I'm refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. <laughs> so, yeah. And you just had the 2023 ride. How did that go? Uh, the 2023 ride went good. I mean, it was it was stressful because you're riding, you're trying to raise money. So you're trying to go live and, you know, you out there in the heat. So it's hot. You know, sometimes we might get lost or taken off the path. So this ride was a lot more challenging than the past three because going into the ride for the past three, this is the fourth year. So the other three years, we raised the money before we started the ride. So everything was like gravy. This year, we were 40000 short going into the ride or I think $32,000 short going into the ride. So that was a big, a lot of ground to cover. So this ride was a lot more stressful than the other three. And when I was researching you, I saw videos of you biking, hiking and all that. How does all that stuff help your uh, mental health? 
Um, I think it helps a lot. I think in um, communities of color, Black communities in particular, uh, being active is something I didn't see my parents do because it was just the fact that they didn't have time to bike and hike and do all of these things. They were so busy raising kids and trying to scrape ends together and just to meet the uh, uh, bare requirements of us living that, you know, for us now, a lot of our generation, we might, you know, have kids that might be older now, have a little bit of disposable income so we could buy bikes, we can go hiking, we can do all of these things that are well, my parents, I'm not going to say all of our parents and speaking of monolith, but I'm going to say my parents and a lot of people that I knew grew up with parents just didn't have the resources to do the things that we're doing now. So, um, you know, it 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 really speaks to and then COVID had a lot to do with people buying bikes, being outdoors, hiking and biking. So it's a lot of uh, groups especially with people of color that um, we've partnered with, like independent hiking cyclists, outdoors on purpose of both hiking groups that folks go out here into the, the woods and hike and finding little jewels in the areas that we live in. So it just speaks to folks being outdoors now and um, claiming those spaces. What are some of the things that you've heard from people you've helped with the scholarships? Oh, I hear. I mean, we're in constant contact with the kids. So it's for anybody out there who gave, who's listening. We just don't give your money and just send the kids off. So we're literally, I can go through my phone right now and I have, you know, a scholarship recipient saying, hey, my mom wants a shirt or, hey, um, how can I help it? Hey, you know what I mean? So it's it's not just uh, one and done. We get this money and we, we push them off and we find the next batch of kids. We're really looking to form a village. So one of our kids, a 2021 recipient, she's um, an active part of our organization now. She does our social media and student engagement. So that's what we kind of want to do. We kind of want to build a family and a network of people that help this movement sustain itself and grow. So we're in constant contact, some more than others, but you're going to have that. If you have 15 students, you're going to be, five of them are going to stay close. And if we can just keep growing in that fashion, we'll be good. What do HBCU schools mean to you? Um, they mean to me, I went to Howard. It means that I was able to operate in a safe space, in a nurturing space, not meaning that people babied you or something like that or pushed you along, but it was a safe space to intellectually grow and be with other people, like-minded people. It's one thing when I used to go visit my friends on whatever campus, it might be Seton Hall, that we want to go visit friends or Rutgers, we were immediately ID'd and what are you doing here? Are you here? And why are you in the cafeteria? And all of these type of questions like, you know, was I, I was reading an article in, um, think think it was New York Times about this kid going to Columbia and he had been stopped like three times while he was running across campus for class. And 
Going to HBCUs is just, I feel, a very nurturing place for int intellectually that you can grow and just find yourself amongst people that understand and you're not the smartest black kid in the class or you're not the one when somebody starts talking about African-American contributions, the whole class turns around and looks at you. You know what I mean? It's kind of a place where just where you can be who you are and be yourself and given time to grow and understand yourself. There's a lot of kids in college, you know, they don't have that understanding of who they are. And to go to HBCUs, I think you're given that room to breathe. You know what I mean? So I think it is they they are important. They have been important and they will always be important. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, they produce so many of our doctors and attorneys and only have 13 percent of the student black student population. The other 87% go to traditional PWIs, but to have only 13% and produce all of these great people, it's incredible. So I, I think that's mainly what it means to me is it's just that I know those places and the folks coming out of those places are going to do great things. That's what it, it just means that we're going to push, you know, folks forward. What advice would you give uh, any students trying to take the next level in uh, college? Um, the main thing is it's okay to not be sure about what you want to do. A lot of kids are 17 and 18, and they think that they have to have the whole world mapped out. It's okay not to know. It's okay to discover new things. It's okay to, to you don't know who you are. As, I'm not the same person at 17 that I am now at 49. I don't know if I wanted to be that person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely Me too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I would say um, so much is to um, figure out what you like. Community college is okay. It's okay to not spend a million dollars trying to figure a problem out. Maybe by junior, senior year, you have some kids know exactly what they want to do. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a architect. I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be a teacher. Some kids know that and kudos to those kids, but some kids don't. Some kids have to figure it out. I know um, a young lady who had, you know, went to school for engineering and was working as an engineer, decided she didn't like it. And she went off to become an attorney. You know what I'm saying? So you just never know at that age. You know what people push you towards and you know what makes your parents smile when you say it. As soon as a kid says, oh, I want to be a doctor, they know their parents, that's going to get that reaction of, you know, everybody's like, oh, she wants to become a doctor. He wants to do this. But what do you really want to do? What makes you happy? So I would say to children, and not in an idealistic, crazy way, but find out what makes you happy. Find out what brings you joy. Find out what you want to do, whether it's starting a business, whether it's working for somebody, whether it's teaching, whether it's helping people, whatever that is. It's something, it's a niche out there for you and you can um, be happy doing it. So that was my thing. Um, 
not necessarily going for the big money, like figuring out, oh, I want this money because you spend a lot of your time chasing that dream of being a millionaire, billionaire or something. And you waste a lot of time with finding little things that make you happy that that million dollars was going to do. Maybe that million dollars was going to buy you a yacht, but maybe you could have sailed around the world. I don't know without that yacht, you, you know, anything, but figure out what makes you happy, go for it. You know what I'm saying? And be a decent human being in the process, because I think that a lot of children are taught we have to step on people. We have to exploit people to be happy. We have to maximize profits and these things make us great and make us these uh, successful business people. And you don't have to do that. You can actually be a service to people and help people and brings you that same fulfillment, that same joy as other things. So that would be that. That would be my main advice to people. Find your happiness, find your medium, find out what um, brings you joy and go for it. I know for me, I went back to college when I was uh, 27 and that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I, I went back, I'm 49. I went back when I was 46 and I'm still in school. I take one class here to maybe, well, this year I should be graduating, but it's what you want to do. And then I'm actually in school for things, public administration, you know, so I'm actually in school for things that I'm doing. So I'm learning about how to run nonprofits and grants and these things now. So it, it makes a lot more sense. And I was thinking if I was in school at 21, learning all the, all of these same things, would it have made sense to me? Would I've been able to utilize that? And 90%? No, I wouldn't have. Because I wouldn't have had an understanding that this was something that I wanted to do, you know. So school should be um, school actually should be a lot easier for adults to get back in and adult learning and things like that and furthering your education or continuing education should be a lot easier and a lot less expensive. People shouldn't go broke trying to go to school. And that's kind of what this ride is about, making sure that kids aren't in complete debt when they graduate. $200,000 in debt, $300,000. Some people are $300,000 in debt, which is crazy, but. Yeah. What, are, what are some of the things that motivate you? Um. I think the main motivation for me is not wanting kids to feel and go through the same thing that I went through. That That's my main motivation, trying to like not almost, it's almost like recorrecting history like with, with kids. It's almost like the butterfly effect, but better because it's not me. I'm actually helping other people you know, avoid the same mistakes and pitfalls and things that I went through and not having a clear understanding of my purpose and why I'm in school and things like that. And a lot of financial pitfalls that kids get caught into. So that that's what drives me being able to actually help kids and see kids graduate. That's like a big motivating factor that they're doing this thing that at my age, 
I gave up on or thought it was impossible or just, you know, shrugged it off. But seeing kids actually complete that journey. Where do you want to see the ride in the next, say, three to five years? Uh, that's an easy one. Three to five years raising. Ultimately, before we expanded out of Essex County, I want to raise $1.7 million. So that's a specific number. And um, we had 34 kids in 2021 from North Public Schools go to HBCUs. Just North Public Schools, not charter or private. It was a lot yeah. more. But North Public Schools, it was 34 kids. So I figured if we could raise 50000 in uh, uh, per kid, it's like 1.7 million. We could send each of those kids to school for free. So that's that's my goal: sending kids to H because HBCUs they have less resources, therefore they have less money to give. So if a kid is coming from Newark and I could go to Rutgers or Howard, most likely I'm going to choose Rutgers because Rutgers is going to give me a lot more money. Now, I might get more bang for my buck at Howard, but I don't have the money to make that choice. So I want to eliminate that. So if I know that a kid from North wants to be an engineer, an African-American kid from North wants to be an engineer, I know by sending him to North Carolina A&T, he has a better chance of graduating than going to MIT. That's just how it is. That's the facts. So... We want to be able to send him to uh, 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 North Carolina A&T. We want to make sure we increase his chances of graduating by sending him to one of these schools. Now, we have a great engineering school in Newark, NJIT. I love it. Let's send more of our kids there if they could pay less. I'm advocating whatever makes financial sense for you. Yeah. I just want to eliminate that part of HBCUs that I don't have the money to go. If that's where you want to go, we want to be able to send you. If you want to stay in state, stay in state. If you want zero debt, then let's get you to that point. You know. How can people uh, reach out and learn more? Oh, HBCUScholarshipRide.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at HBCUScholarshipRide or Facebook or Google us, or, you know, you can do any of those things that you can reach out and follow us. And the main thing is donate. You know what I mean? We, we need, right now we're a hundred percent volunteers. So if you donate 97 cents of your dollar goes back to the youth, we do have some cost of the ride, obviously food and hotels do cost, but we're always looking for sponsors for that. So if you know of any, you know, send them my way, but yes, you can always reach us through those things. We're very um, active on all social media platforms and definitely through our website.